I'm now 50% gray. She's lying. And pre-COVID, I was about 10% gray. Yeah, you also look like 29. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) 29 million. (laughs) Just just kidding. That's how old I feel right now. Hello, and welcome to episode four of InfoHores. We're your hosts. I'm Nat. And I'm Sam. And today, we are going to talk about the also controversial topic that is vaccines particularly the COVID-19 vaccine. Before we get started, though, um, understanding that this is a very touchy subject for some people, we just wanted to preface that we are not pro-vax or anti-vax. We are pro-choice, pro-safety, pro-accountability, and pro-transparency. Does that sum it up pretty well, do you think? Yeah, I think it does. But I think we're going to have to take a sip of our alcoholic beverages before we get into this. Yeah, this what is What are a... you drinking, Matt? <laughs> oh, again, I'm drinking red wine because I'm such a red-pilled woman. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I didn't bring beer today, so I'm drinking one of your Woodhouse Brewing Company lager. It's very tasty. Hopefully they'll sponsor us one day. Maybe not. <laughs> Probably not after this episode. <laughs> not after okay, this one, no. so... <laughs> One of the first things we wanted to address were the vaccine passports that actually used to be considered conspiracy theory, but are now coming into fruition. So what do we think about that? What do you think about it? Well, I'm a little surprised that it was such a like conspiracy theory before. I mean, it's there was evidence of this before, like months mm-hmm. and months ago. Didn't you have in your notes that Ticketmaster was talking about how you won't be allowed to attend concerts unless yeah. you have the vaccine and you'll need proof of your yeah. vaccination. Like that was, that was like, months and months ago. Exactly. So well, I don't understand why this is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Honestly, I have to give it to them. They've done a good job of the slow rollout and yeah. like getting people conditioned yeah. to this. Yeah. Well, no, definitely. There are a lot of people that I really respect and admire politically um, and theologically who were like, well, yeah, I'm going to get the vaccine because I want to go see Justin Bieber, you know, one day at a concert. And it's like, wow, you're just going to, you know, risk your life on this potentially experimental vaccine, you know, and without just because you want to go see a concert, you know, that's yeah, kind of immature. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. It's the, the frog in a boiling pot, same sort of deal. It's like they every couple days they incrementally throw these little things out one ad here um one health official saying this here about these um these covid passports yeah this country is doing it now oh this country is just in talks and now it's like yeah it's not a conspiracy anymore it's it's uh it's happening folks so uh time to get thinking and start doing your research because (laughs) it's really coming to a point in our lives and in history i think where we're gonna have to decide what we're standing for you know like masks were one thing lockdowns were one thing i guess but this is like very invasive very personal yeah you know and i think one of the things we should maybe touch on is i think people are considering getting it because they're worried they'll lose their job do you yeah. think, like, do you know more about this? Like, can employers force you to take a vaccine? I think that's kind of, um, I don't know. I don't hear too much talk about that. I think they're still very anxious to throw that on people right now. Yeah. They're still, they're still getting people on board with 
the idea of having to lose your freedoms. Yeah. Like, oh, you can't travel. I th- you know what? Okay, before I, we even talk about that. Yeah. I think that's a, a, one part of the closing of the borders thing because that way... We're trapped here. Yeah, and now, oh, only these people, because they took the vaccine, they can travel, right? But if they had done that at the beginning, like right away, people would have, it would have been different. Yeah, they would have maybe questioned things a bit more. Yeah, It's true, it's kind of funny how elite this virus is. (laughs) Yeah, but even all these like big airlines, Virgin, JetBlue, United Airlines, they've already partnered with the World Economic Fund, which is Klaus Schwab. I don't know how many people listening know who Klaus Schwab is. He's um, big, powerful. one of the most powerful globalists. They usually are powerful, yeah. folks. So his um, COVID passport is called Common Pass, and that's already being... Common Pass for the common folk. That's, that's right. That's us, folks. Yeah. So... All in all, we're going to get into more about the actual vaccine and the side effects and kind of dive deeper into that. But, I mean, I'd say we're pretty skeptical of this thing, no? You and I? I, I'd say I'm more skeptical than you are. Yeah. I mean, I. this is one of those things where I never even cared about vaccines until I heard about this one. Right. So it was just something we, you kind of accepted that you got them as a kid. Like yeah. how many vaccines do you think you had? Oh, not like the zillion that I know babies get now. Yeah. Like it was pretty cash, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. So this vaccine though, you know a lot about this topic. What's different between this vaccine and other vaccines? Well, I think, um, everyone knows now that it's not an actual vaccine, like in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. By definition, it actually isn't a vaccine. It's the mRNA. So what does that mean? Um, so the messenger RNA vaccine is a vaccine traditionally is a protein that delivers the immune response. Right. But the mRNA vaccine is actual genetic engineering where you're putting genetic material and the RNA virus into your cells and asking your own cellular machinery to produce the protein from your cells to which you get an immune response that's hard to kind of grasp it is and even me reading it and reading it a hundred times it's still hard for me a non-sciencey medical person to to grasp but well and most of us aren't you know knowledgeable about this so when we read that we're like oh that sounds so technical that sounds so fancy I guess it must be helpful or you know wow it's the new kind of vaccine that's how Yeah, and that's another thing we should talk about, like how this has become kind of like a brand. All these, you mentioned earlier, all these like vaccine companies. How, like you said earlier, we don't didn't know what Pfizer was. No, it's so part of popular culture that these are household names. Yeah, how can we name off off the top of our head? Even children can name off. Pfizer, <laughs> Moderna, BioNTech, AstraZeneca. It's like, like, it's like the new Chanel bag or something. No, but it, it is. Yeah. And everyone knows the specifications. Yeah, like or, what's in them. Like It's so bizarre. <laughs> it's very weird. Okay, so this vaccine doesn't sound very fun. Um, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds a little scary and a little sci-fi, you know? Yeah. And one of the things I think is the most important to address is that 
you know, yes, people are getting this and some people are not having issues or adverse reactions. But I think what a lot of people don't understand is there are a lot of people who are taking their first dose and having huge reactions to it. And it's not really being reported like by the mainstream media. Yeah. Like that's like, it's just a little scary that we can't have like an open discussion about what this, this vaccine is actually doing to some people, not everyone. Yeah, for sure. But isn't it worth talking about? Like, why do you think they're hiding this from the mainstream? Well, as you know, I come from a more conspiracy minded yes. approach. So it's, I'm not surprised. We're in-house conspiracy theorists, folks. No, I'm not I'm surprised. Just kidding. So yeah. <laughs> well, I admit it. I'm not surprised that where you're hearing all these stories of bad reactions is all from people's own social media. Yeah, it's grassroots. So I was also diving a bit deeper on the CDC website, and apparently, as of February first, 2021, um, at least there had been at least 271 deaths, over 9,800 adverse events. They call them after taking the vaccination so far. Um, and V-A-E-R-S is VAERS as you call it. Yeah. It says on the website that they only actually pick up around 1% of vaccine injuries. Um, and sorry, I'm just going to correct myself. That's actually from a 2010 report by Harvard. So only 1% of these adverse reactions are being reported. Yeah. I've read that too. (laughs) Not very many folks. And there's already almost 10,000 adverse events. So... (laughs) It's not looking so good for these people. And we've also heard a few other things about deaths and adverse reactions. So what have you heard in even the mainstream media? This one really stood out to me um, because it's local. I think it was kind of interesting and I shared it with some friends um, and they were equally disturbed by it. Um, There was one place in Barrie, a retirement home in Barrie called Roberta Place. And maybe you read this article. Um, It was reported by Simcoe.com and then picked up by Toronto.com. What they reported was 100% of the people at Roberta Place, including staff, tested positive for COVID-19. And then they did a mass COVID vaccination. vaccination. They all received the vaccination. And this was reported on January 22nd of this year. And another news outlet, City News, reported a week later, February 4th, that 66 out of these 120-something staff and residents, so more than 50% of these people at Roberta Place died a week later. How are people not, and this connection was made on social media, and of course it's not going to, mainstream won't make this connection so we've heard about, we've heard a few other deaths too from not just um, the elderly, but I've also read about recently. Um, uh, there's an Instagram account I follow called Circle of Mamas, and a 28 year old got the shot on Tuesday, January 19th, and was dead by Thursday, according to something her mom posted on Facebook. The autopsy actually showed no other red flags, so she was perfectly healthy, 28 years old, prime of her life, and a few days after getting this thing, died. That's insane. Like, that's sad. Yeah. She, if she had gotten COVID yeah. at 28, she wouldn't have died. Yeah. It's unlikely anyway. Yeah. And this, this thing, it cost her her life. That's scary. Yeah, there is, there's only a handful of people in Canada under, wait, she's 28, you said? Yeah. Yeah, under 40 
that have died and from COVID from COVID. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. And also I think the scariest thing is the fact that this vaccine as opposed to other vaccines was rushed to market. What? Yeah, they haven't even finished their the clinical trial trials and yeah, and I mean even if they had been you know let's say testing this for a few months, like they might know some initial stuff, but down the road we literally have zero idea about yeah. how this is going to be affecting our lives. Yeah, if we make it that long after we get it. <laughs> like, yeah, and you know I don't want to get into this either because it's a long boring topic about how many vaccines and drugs are rushed to market through the through the FDA through the FDA through bribery and right yeah if, well science can be bought as you always say science can be bought for sure yeah so what do you know about some of this like in more detail well a good documentary that I watch and I like to share with people if you are curious about it there's mm-hmm. a documentary it's still i don't know if it's still up on youtube but it's about an hour long it's called the greater good okay so this addresses like vaccine safety um no it came out around the time when um reports were coming out that people were harmed by the gardasil vaccine ah yes and so it's a few years old okay. but it's still very relevant because it um it talks it highlights the connection between um, sort of the revolving door of um, staff that work for the CDC, the FDA, and the government. Is this kind of like um, an undercover sort of expose on these types of things, or no? Not it's not really undercover. It's it's very factual. There's yeah. they can back up what they're claiming. So we'll have to check that out on YouTube, guys. Yeah, if you're check it out. Interested in in learning more about vaccines. So also. Another fun fact about the vaccines, according to Fauci, uh, we still need to wear masks even though we get the vax. So that's a little funny. So I have to inject my body with this poison that might kill me. But not only that, I still have to wear a mask. And also, I still could transmit COVID-19 to other people. Yeah, he's... Flip-flop Fauci. <laughs> flip-flop Fauci. But that's all the only kind of shoes he wears. <laughs> but he has. He keeps flip-flopping. He flip-flopped on masks. Yep. And now I know we're not talking about vaccines right now, but he's also flip-flopped recently about um, when things can open. can open, when he says things will be back to normal. Yeah. Is it 2022? Is it the end of this year? When is it? It's really... It's and people at home watching the news, watching him, are just clinging on up. to every word he says. Yep. Like he is a god. Yeah, he's uh, he's really um, he's the ringleader here. Um, so just to quote him for you guys, folks, he said the new vaccines will probably prevent you from getting sick with COVID, but no one knows yet whether they'll keep you from spe- spreading the virus to others. If vaccinated, people are still silent spreaders of the virus. They may keep it circulating in their communities, putting unvaccinated people at risk. So I'm guess I guess the point of this is the name of the game is we all better be vaccinated or else. Yep. We're going to be in lockdown until we're all vaccinated. Even though we have no idea if the vaccine is even effective. So it's just this game. Or, yeah, or even one of the vaccines, I don't know if it's the Moderna vaccine or something that's only effective for one year and so we're going to have to get them every year. Okay. 
So risk risking yes. death every year, folks. They're just <laughs> they're not only like moving the goalposts, they're they're creating so many extra variables on top of everything. Yes. If you can convince people every couple months that there's a new strain, there's a new strain of that, this country, that country, you're just keeping keeping this going. You're riding it out for and yeah, people aren't questioning this. No, well, I mean... Some people are. Yeah, like two people in Toronto. It's us. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. If you're listening to this, you're clearly questioning things. Um, no, and that's so true. And I mean, this is kind of a bit of a sidetrack, but I saw on Rebel, I think it was the other day, that um, in the UK, there's been no reported cases of the flu this year. <laughs> that's so true. So that I guess the flu's gone. flu's gone in the UK. And also, well, they're not in Canada. They're not counting flu deaths this year. This is the first year that (laughs) I've ever heard. And I tried. I looked it up on government websites. They have past deaths of past year flu flu statistics. And this year, nope, you cannot find it. There's flu's wiped out. So basically, if I get the flu, because, you know, we've all had the flu before. Like, I I basically just have COVID. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, also pretty public knowledge, I think, but you can't sue Pfizer or Moderna if you have severe COVID vaccine side effects, and the government is not likely to compensate you for damages either. So they're actually protected by the law in this situation. So if your family members are dying, if you get the vaccine and you're not feeling so great, well, guess what? No one cares. Yeah, from my understanding, and I know this is how it is in the U.S., I should know how it is, what the laws are in Canada, but um, I know that in the U.S. there was a bill that was enacted that allows actual government employees to to own patents on drugs. Oh, can you speak to that a little more? That's like juicy, juicy, juicy. It is, but no, but... Okay, for example, Anthony Fauci, who mm-hmm. has been, what, he's ground zero for, he's the expert, he's the dude. The COVID dude. The COVID dude of the past, he's the hero of COVID-19 of this yeah. past year. And I think that's, how do not people, how do people not see that it's, it's a huge conflict of interest? Can you speak more to that? I can try. Yeah, so but what do you th- know about Fauci? Well, I think it it goes back because as people know, he's been he's had this government position for a lot very long time. Like Pelosi long? <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> but <laughs> also very long. Okay. <laughs> but I mean the, the whole hero worship with him is just it's it's crazy. It speaks so much about the how the media influence, but he has a really dirty, nasty history. Um, I don't know, do you know, uh, there's a woman named Judy Mikovits. She's actually one of the, she's an award-winning, one of the most accomplished scientists of her generation. Okay. She was really, she did a lot of great work in the 80s when it came to the HIV. Wasn't alive yet. Just kidding. Epidemic. <laughs> she, oh, damn. <laughs> well, I didn't know her you. then, but I, she recently became very, she had a resurgence of popularity because she was the focal uh, focal person in the pandemic documentary that, you know, in one day it got like insane amounts of views, like okay. over a million. And then it was 
banned. It was censored, Classic. obviously. <laughs> but she actually worked as a scientist under Dr. Anthony Fauci. And the war on her kind of started when she published a paper in Science Journals that the common use of animal tissue and fetal tissue in vaccines were causing devastating and deadly plagues of diseases. And they still and there's still fetal tissue and animal tissue in these vaccines. In the COVID vaccine as well, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. And so the the pharmacy, the big pharma waged its war on her and tried to smear her. And Anthony Fauci also is responsible for trying to silence her. She was just quickly, she was jailed without charge. Her family was harassed. Her husband was harassed for a whole week and she, they put a gag order on her, over her, for five years. So she wasn't publicly allowed to talk about any of this. And I don't know when that gag order was lifted, but she's... Recently come back. And she's come back with a vengeance. She's naming names. She's just a Good solid, girl. incredible human being. And definitely a big name in this whole... Uh, vaccine debate. Vaccine debate of yeah. the past year's... Of the past year, she's just been sort of my hero. And also, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has recently been, I guess, blacklisted from Instagram for being very outspoken about... I know he's very outspoken about vaccines in general, but particularly this year, the COVID vaccine. I know you he calls it vaccine safety, but he's silenced, baby. No, but I think he's right. It is about vaccine safety. And he's also one of the names that, you know, I, I have, I've been reading a lot about him in social media and everything. And it was actually reported by many people that, um, including Robert F. Kennedy, that between 2000 and 2017, the Bill Gates Foundation tested a polio vaccine in India that paralyzed 496,000 children. Like, that's almost half a million kids were paralyzed. And I try to um, find this statistic, find it in, find an a source for this like a mainstream source for this podcast yeah. and um th- all the first like the first page of page results yeah. results that's it yeah um <laughs> they were all kind of sort of the same thing they were there was a lot of debunking and in an email correspondence there was one article that says in an email correspondence with politifact the claim has been debunked but who debunked it the Gates Foundation. Oh, how convenient for that. Yes. And the WHO also reports that no evidence can be found on this claim. The WHO. And who's the second largest donor of the WHO? Ooh, I think it's Bill Gates. Yep. Oopsie. <laughs> wow. So he's just a little, uh, the ringleader, the puppeteer, and we're all just his little freaking puppets. Huh? He is, though. And he has so much control and influence out uh, over everything, not just the pandemic, the COVID vaccines, the patents. He's also the expert on climate change now, and oh, yeah. and oh. we won't get into that. That's for another episode. Oh yeah, but another when, episode and more wine. <laughs> and also the, the now the biggest landowner in the U.S. Yeah, he's really doing it all. He's doing it like, yep. Bill Gates is God. 
in he America. Is. He is. Yes, money is power, my friends. But I think the biggest kind of question I have coming from this discussion about um, Kennedy and uh, Mikeovitz, like, why is it that we cannot have an open discussion about vaccines in general? Like, why has it become so, is taboo the right word? No, they're too dangerous. Like, I don't understand that though. Like, science is one of those things that throughout all of history, it's one of those things that changes and can be questioned. That's literally, isn't that what science means? Like, to question things. And the fact that we're right now unable to have this discussion without fear of being censored is alarming. Well, my theory is that this is too much, this Agenda 2030, Agenda 21, whatever, or the Great Reset, yes. whatever, I think it's too big of a pill for people to swallow that people aren't going to readily swallow this, right? Readily accept it. And that's why they have their PR and censorship on full volume. Yeah, it's definitely it's dialed up swing. To the nth degree. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's um, it's just alarming that it's become so controversial to discuss ideas. It is. It is. You know? Yeah. Like, I just find that scary. Like, we're not trying to sway you guys any which way. That's not the point of this episode. It's just to inform you that there is another side that's not being reported. And most people who are trying to report it are being silenced. Like, people with hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers, their accounts are being removed. I mean, RFK had millions of followers, I think. Like, yeah. you know, that's crazy. You're silencing people who have a powerful voice. But also, and my last point is not even people who have huge, these big, big followings. Yeah. Even the little fish are being censored. Yeah, so they're taking the time to hunt you down with your hundred followers talking about your quote unquote anti-vax, you know, ideology, and they're going to hunt you down. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're coming for us. They're Influence coming for one. us. Yeah, they're coming for us. This is probably going to be silence too. No, it's, it's true. I think though, we should just talk about quickly, like our biggest takeaways from today and the vaccine in general, because I think the biggest thing that irks me about this vaccine is the fact that if I'm at risk of any side effects or even death, why wouldn't I just risk getting COVID-19? You know, it has a high, a proven rate of recovery. Like, like a survivability rate of like 99.98% or... Yeah. So why, why would I risk getting an experimental vaccine? Because it is experimental. You know, I'd rather And it's just, not even a vaccine. Yeah, that too. I'd rather just get COVID. Yeah. And be immune to it later no that's way too sensible that's way too oh, intelligent the red wine talking yeah my goodness and i also read too um that a lot of medical professionals in the u.s are even skeptical of taking the vaccine i, I saw a stat um there was like a poll taken on medscape um which i saw on dr sarah karn's instagram on september 28th um, she said only 17% of doctors will get the COVID vaccine. 63% said no. 20% said unsure. And young doctors were more likely to say they would not get it. And in fact, nurses are even less likely to say yes. Only 11% of nurses, this is in America, said they would get the vaccine. 69% said no. I mean, if our medical professionals who are, you know, on the front lines who have been dealing with COVID for, like, oh gosh, it's been a year already, if they're denying this thing, Shouldn't we be 
skeptical. Yeah, for sure. Like it's kind of scary. It is scary. It's terrifying. But um, doctors who speak out and medical professionals who speak out against this have a lot to risk by coming out. They could lose their medical license and... Yeah, so like, props to them for for fighting the good fight. No, definitely. All right, folks. This has been a lot for both of us. We're going to need to take a shot or something after this one. Um, we're going to leave you to dwell on this episode. I'll link the sources in the bio. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or any episodes in the past, please subscribe to our podcast and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We're your hosts. I'm Nat. I'm Sam. And this is Info Whores. Bye. Bye.